0: Common Sense with Dr. Ben Carson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Common Sense. You know, the controversy around COVID-19 is still here. You know, three years later, we're still talking about policies and uh, there's a lot of confusion. There's lack of robust, honest scientific discussions because... Certain people with their opinions are being pushed into the background or censored altogether, and obviously uh, that's not a good public health approach. You know, traditionally there's been robust discussions and uh, you know alternatives, and that's how we've made so much progress in the field of public health. But that seems to have gone out of the window. And today we're going to be talking with Dr. Joseph. the Surgeon General of the State of Florida, the place that everybody wants to be these days. And uh, he's been an outspoken critic of some of the COVID mandates. And uh, as a result of that, you know, some of the media has tried to vilify him and uh, say that he shouldn't be questioning, you know, federal mandates and uh, interventions. But this is America. His new book Transcend Fair, a blueprint for mindful leadership and public health. So we wanna welcome you, so impressed with the career that you've had already. Even though you did go to Harvard and I went to Yale, I have to give you some credit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd really like to start by, by asking you a little bit about your, your upbringing because uh, you were actually born in Nigeria is that right
1: that's right dr. Carson and thanks for it's really a pleasure to get to get to spend this time with you and and your listeners and it's it's just a pleasure I've been I've been I remember I think I, I think I was in I was either in college or in medical school when I first learned of you from I think an operation on conjoined twins and it was you know like international news and um and it's it's cool to be able to to be able to to chat with you now tell me about what it was like do you remember much
0: about Nigeria
1: I mean I, I remember some not a whole lot I know there are people I, to my amazement who remember their childhood really really well even when they were very small and and that's not me but i remember some so i remember growing up in nigeria like the house that we lived in i remember playing soccer with my mm-hmm. uncles i remember i remember that pretty fondly mom and dad not a ton of memories a few things here and there not a ton a few things what did your parents do so my my parents at that time were students and mm-hmm. that, and fortunately, their path led us to come to this country, is my dad came to do graduate school at Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge, and and then my mom and and me and my brother and my sister came. I don't know, maybe six months or a year later. And uh and and then my dad got his PhD in microbiology at the University of Georgia and my mom got a degree there also in like business administration. You know that uh that kind of
0: reinforces what I tell people all the time when they talk about the racial wealth gap in America, and I say it doesn't exist for Nigerians and Ghanaians yeah. <laughs> okay, because I say if you go to one of their households you'll find that a bachelor's degree is the baseline. That's sort of like where you start. And it it really does say a lot about the importance of education, the importance of family and support, and uh, how those can eliminate a lot of the issues that are obstacles for people. And uh, have you noticed that as
1: well? oh absolutely it's it's it is it's it's the great equalizer of our country the access to education which is why it's it's an extra tragedy when you've got school districts that just completely failed their students and often in the name of politics we clearly saw that during the covid-19 pandemic in terms of these, I mean, just insane closures of schools, particularly in very blue, politically blue areas. And it's ironic because such a big part of the, of their position politically is to help racial and ethnic minorities. But they, they literally, I mean, you could hardly do more harm to racial and ethnic minorities by closing their schools for a long time. It's closing the schools of their children for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and some of your writings, you,
0: you talk about the fact that before you left uh, Nigeria, you suffered some abuse. Um, how, how does one put that behind oneself? Because there's so many people whose lives are sort of dictated by abusive situations that they suffered as a
1: child. Uh, absolutely, and and I mean, it really, it's a it's a scale from you know people that have things that should never happen to a human being. None of these things should happen to a human being, but but things that are just unimaginable that happen to human beings to things that are you know maybe not acutely traumatic, but but contribute to our daily accumulated stress that we all. We all carry around in our bodies. And I, I, the path is, the path is, is unique and different for everyone. For me, I know my path was basically falling in love with, uh, with an um, amazing woman who fortunately eventually connected me with an amazing guy named Christopher Maher, who is a former Navy SEAL. And he basically, I mean, I, it's not stuff that I only did it because literally my wife was at the end of her rope and I didn't have a choice. Literally, I could either do it or leave or, for, you know, forget it. And, and my poor wife, she endured many, many, many years of all my, um, all my, my BS because of, my, because of the, 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 the emotional baggage I was carrying around. So I worked with this guy and he used, things from chinese meridian theory like literally working with your muscles and your body to help them let go of stress and tension and trauma and parts of your body too in terms of organ systems that that hold on to those things and correspond with with organs in chinese medicine and chinese meridian theory i mean it's wild stuff like for example the kidneys are um, are a place for fear, so there are specific physical physical like exercises that you can do to help remove that from your body, and that's just that's just one example. But I didn't I didn't believe in any of it at all, at all zero. But mm-hmm. they, you know, it, I think it. I'm a believer now. I don't understand it, but it worked for me. It was. I mean it was beyond transformative. It literally changed everything about my life and and it, believe it or not, it took five days for me to start on that process for me to and then since that, and that was that was three years ago, and things have only they've literally gotten better and better literally every I mean, it's essentially every day. There's some days where you encounter new things you that you have to get through and learn. Um, learn where they're coming from so that you can move past them. But uh, literally uh, it's gotten better every single day. But
0: the key is that you were able to go from victim to victor.
1: Yeah. And I think I don't want, I know that sometimes the word victim has a lot wrapped around it in terms of meaning. And, and so I want to say that you're right. I was a victim in the way that many of us are victims we're victims of our we're victims of our anxieties we're victims of our fear we're victims of our self-doubt we're victims of our shame and so it's not there's no there's no judgment with that it's just it's a matter of whether those emotions shape us or whether we travel without them and get to shape the world in the way that we envision and that aligns with our our own vision and our own soul and our own, you know, our own connection to God and connection to the Absolutely. people. And we can also become
0: uh, victims of peer pressure. Uh, you obviously have been able to shake that off. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, chart your own pathway, you know, particularly, you know, as, as the Surgeon General of the State Uh, You know, Florida was one of the first states to sort of take an independent course and and not be dictated to by the CDC. And uh, I think that's pretty interesting that you were able to do that. But um, what did you think um, as you saw the treatments for COVID being shut down? You know, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, a host of other things. Just, no, 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 that's horse serum. No, 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 that will kill you. That will, yeah I mean, it'll, kill it'll kill you. Kill you. No. It'll kill you. It's for horses. <laughs> Don't take it. <laughs> 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 well, particularly, you know, when you look at hydroxychloroquine, which is taken by a lot of people, particularly on the Western coast of Africa as an anti-malarial. And their incidence of COVID was dramatically less than anywhere else. Uh, It seems like scientific curiosity would have said, well, what's going on over there? How is this working? Does this have something to do with it? Instead, now now it's horrible stuff and it'll affect your heart
1: and you'll die. I know Dr. Carson, you've been very outspoken about people, doctors being able to use medicines that they think are effective. And it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's nice to be talking to another doctor because, you know, obviously you, you appreciate how absurd the whole thing was. However, people feel about it. And I, I have colleagues who, you know, who, Essentially, they, they've, they've had really good results with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and some other agents too. I have colleagues who totally, and and it it's just crazy. You know, if you're a doctor, you get to be a doctor. You know, you your MD says the same thing as my MD. You're board you're, you're board certified. You have a medical license, just like me. I may not agree with your choice of medicines, you know, I like for example, I, I think that probably statins are great, but we should be really pushing people with heart disease to to change their diets and to, you know, eat less processed foods and to increase their physical activity. Those things, by the way, are, you know, they do just about as well as the statins when you compare the two, and then you could get more benefits if you, use it all, if you do it all. But that's, that's medical practice, and this witch hunt and... Terror campaign, this fright campaign, and really this information war, like ivermectin and horses, really, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like really, it's just it, it's it, it's just it's really mysterious, and one has to wonder, like what what exactly is the motivation, like what what is trying to be, what are you trying to achieve, FDA and and you know and, and doctors who were. Were outspoken in that way. What exactly are you trying to achieve?
0: Well, you know, it was interesting because uh, you know I was on the COVID uh, task force, mm-hmm. and any time a therapy came up, you know, Fauci et al would immediately shut it down. Said, "No, no, 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 no! I mean, you can't talk about that. That's that uh, that's getting us off track." But at the same time, and I didn't know this at the beginning, the FDA has a rule that says before it can issue an EUA, there can't be other effective therapies. So they had to sort of downplay all the other things in order to push forward with the EUA for the the vaccine. Uh, And of course, they don't tell you these things. Uh, I think a lot of people would have been fairly skeptical if they knew all the things that went into the making of the stew. (laughs) Mm. Uh, that was a very, very unfortunate thing. And then what did you think about the whole concept of vaccinating children when it was so clear that they had very little risk? Yeah, it, it's
1: it, I, 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 It's really, you know, it's almost like the the country was in a trance. Many people in the country were in a trance because now there are more countries there are more people more parents most parents recognize that their kids don't need these mRNA vaccines and you know, they vote with their feet they're not doing it with their kids anymore but there was a time when again it was like the some the public was in this hypnotic state induced by probably by just the barrage of propaganda from the CDC and the FDA and President Biden and Dr. Walensky and Dr. Fauci, that it was needed to end the pandemic and to stop kids from, you know, from killing grandma, as we, as we often say. And, you know, it it, it was, it, it just, it just shows how powerful propaganda can be because, Nothing has ch- changed since that, that campaign, that, that intense message. Nothing's changed. There's still no, there's no clinical, there's no randomized clinical trial data that shows kids benefiting. There wasn't then. There isn't now. There's, there's no, there's no, you know, cost effectiveness. There's no, analysis that shows that children or their families benefit there wasn't then there isn't now but only now are we in a place where everyone i mean just everyone who's honest recognizes that the whole kid putting these mrna COVID 19 vaccines in kids it was all a charade the campaign was a total charade it was a total charade complete nonsense yeah well you know you,
0: you've had an amazing career, a rapid rise to prominence, and uh, it would have been really easy for you just to keep your mouth shut and bask in the glory, but you didn't do that. Uh, I mean, why did you speak up?
1: Yeah, well, I got to say, even though I'm, I'm chatting with you here, it's, really a, it's a really a mom and pop operation. It's my wife and I. And, um, we've really, I mentioned earlier, she was the one who got me to see Christopher Mayer. I talk about it in my book, transcend fear. And, and just since the beginning of the lockdowns, we've been, you know, talking about the fear, the propaganda, the lack of sense, and that carried us through the lockdowns and then into the into the you know the vaccine age of the pandemic, and and into the vaccine policy. I mean, my wife has been, she's been, like she she, <laughs> she has been so vocal against these things for kids since I mean way even before. I mean, it just when it was just a twinkle in the eyes of of the CEOs of Pfizer and, and Moderna, she was she just knew that they were up to absolutely no good. And it's just right. And fortunately, again, most parents, you know, more than ninety percent of parents, like they're just not touching it for their kids. And thank God, because we, you know, the the only safety information we get, the more we get, it's it's just all bad. And it's not over. We're gonna be keep getting more and more bad safety information. Well, I want to talk to you about that in a minute. We have to
0: take a short break, and we'll be right back with Dr. Joseph Ladapo. welding instructor alex declare knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com metaverse impact ready to elevate your home picture this central heating a cozy fireplace or your dream walk-in closet Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
0: we're back. More common sense. You know, common sense is not common anymore. I think we've all seen that. This is your weekly dose of common sense, and we're Dr. Lodapo, who's the Surgeon General for the state of Florida. And uh, I want to ask you, what biases did you find in the medical profession, uh, particularly
1: regarding therapeutics for COVID? There's been a real, almost an antagonism, I think that's fair to say towards toward COVID nineteen therapeutics that were not Dr. Fauci approved. It's really been perverse. The you know, we talked about the the how hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were treated like they were you know cyanide basically, and then on the other side, there's also been Really, an elevation of medications that um, that you know that have some of them have really poor safety profiles. Remdesivir, in particular, comes to mind. It has a horrible safety profile, Mm and the medication was used in and published in the New England Journal of Medicine, as you know, for Ebola. Ebola, -hmm. know, know, a year or two before the pandemic started, and the trial was it was published in New England Journal of Medicine you know one of our very top medical journals and that clinical trial was stopped early because the rate and I think uh, it was only like six or seven people who had the, problem. The, the rate of adverse events and death was was so high with this it's a super toxic medication and and then Dr. Fauci promoted it but while he was promoting it, the w h o actually did recommended against it because when you looked at the maybe the first four or five clinical trials that were done, there really wasn 't an overall benefit for hospitalized patients, and now I think they 've changed their position but you know we, we were basically pushing a, a medication that has questionable efficacy for hospitalized patients and a horrific safety profile. So, you know, and then with, with now with Paxlovid, you know, fortunately it is a medication that seems to be, there's, there's pretty good data that shows that it helps reduce hospitalizations and death. But at this point, in the pandemic, that seems to really be concentrated in older people. So not younger people, even though younger people were being told to, that they needed to take it. So it, it's been, and as you know, the medication has a, it has a uh, has an interaction with every drug under the sun i mean it, if you did, <laughs> you have to look closely because it's probably it's the longest list of drug interactions I've ever seen I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how they they managed to do that but it's just it's just really weird I don't know it's like it's like many of our colleagues themselves have been hypnotized and feel that they just have to follow this script i I don't understand that yeah. and it, it is
0: kind of strange and you know, I thought it was very strange that uh, Dr. Fauci et al. didn't seem to recognize the importance of natural immunity. It's like, natural immunity, what's that? We never heard of that. I don't think that works. <laughs> it's really only been recently that they've acknowledged it. Yeah. How crazy is that? But do you think maybe the reason that they try to push that into the background? Is if you acknowledge the efficacy of natural immunity, that makes it a whole lot harder to insist that everybody get the jab.
1: Yeah. Yes, I think it has to be. That has to be part of it. And um, it's sick to be lying to people just so that you can achieve what it is you want to do rather than respecting their right to make make their own decisions. But yeah, absolutely. That definitely had to that had to be part of it. Um, and it was, you know, I, one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the fun things about writing the book Transcend Fair, is because I included all my op-eds that I wrote in the Wall Street Journal, and the first one was in April of 2020. So it it's like, it's like, so you get to see out, out, uh, essentially up to the, to, you know, till, till the winter of 2021, when I became certain general, like sort of what I was thinking the whole time. And one of the early ones I wrote was. Like, you know, millions of people have been infected and it's months have gone by. And at that point, this was early in 2020. At that point, there was not a, there was not a single case of reinfection that had been documented. So obviously <laughs> there's some protection. And, and, and I was like, and clearly this should be acknowledged. So I, I wrote that, I wrote that early in the pandemic, but it, it's not, I mean, they clearly, they clearly had it in against acknowledging natural immunity. was just like,
0: well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of natural immunity because, uh, you know, I had COVID early on and a very, very serious case of it. And had it not been for the monoclonal antibody, I'm not sure I'd be here talking to you today, but, um, subsequent to that, you know, I had, antibodies tested and they were very strong. And I said, I'm done. And I've been around everybody in every setting with no problems whatsoever. (laughs) Same thing with my wife. So, you know, I I think if we were really smart, we would say so much for government mandates. We have a tremendous uh, medical uh, community in this country. And why not let them be the ones who make the recommendations? Because every patient is different. There is no one-size-fits-all. We learned that early on in medical school. So why would you now be trying to make one size fit all Certainly, you know, for elderly and uh, debilitated individuals, what you recommend might be very different than for a strapping, healthy 18-year-old. So, you know, why are you sitting there trying to put them all in the same box? It just doesn't make any sense. It's not logical, and it certainly does not uh, indicate common sense, that's for sure. But uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is um, what do you think about uh, the safety issues for mRNA vaccine? If you look at the Veer's data, there's a, a lot more things with with this quote vaccine unquote than there are with all other vaccines combined.
1: Yeah, I think Dr. Carson, there we're. I think the judgment day is is coming. I wish it would come sooner, but you know, mm-hmm. I um, one of our mentor, one of my mentors says, "Don't compete with God." So <laughs> we'll see what God's timeline is, but it's definitely coming. It's the, this propaganda about these med- these vaccines being safe, like as safe as other vaccines is just a total hogwash. The, the, the FDA, I was just reading a, a study that they quietly published or it wasn't the FDA, but it was using, and they were working with the FDA. It was an analysis of, um, uh, or I think it, maybe it was a collaboration between the FDA and some uh, private sector uh, data analysis company, but it was analysis of, of adverse events of, of special interest and other adverse events with the COVID-19 vaccines. And one of the things, I mean, they found signals for increased risk of pulmonary embolism, acute myocardial infarction, which is you know heart attacks for for the non-medical listeners, and other things. And you know, there's no public announcement around it. Instead, it's more they they couched it as, "Well, this is preliminary. Well, we're two years in now, and and you okay. and this isn't the only study. There's there's data in from the from the from like Denmark and in Norway, the countries in the Scandinavian area that that show the same thing that there's an increased risk of thromboembolic events with these with these vaccines." So it's just, this is a lot, there's a lot of nonsense and more propaganda. And I I think the judgment day is coming. Well, you know, last November
0: in uh, clinical research in cardiology, uh, you know, they examined autopsies and 35 individuals with unexpected deaths after the vaccine. And um, it occurred within 20 days of the time that the vaccine was given and people who otherwise were okay. You didn't hear very much about that study, did you?
1: I <laughs> didn't hear much at all. It, it, you know, and you have to imagine in this country, there probably been there probably have been hundreds of thousands of people who have died within a few weeks of MRNA COVID nineteen vaccination. So even if just a proportion, just a portion of them, you know, died Suddenly, similar to the people in this in that study, clinical research and cardiology, you know, you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people who who were were killed by or essentially were killed, were died because they took the took these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines.
0: Right. And, and they should be made aware of these things and allowed to make decisions on their own as to whether they want to participate or whether they want to go another route. You know, the the, the fact that we had all the mandates for the military, look how many people we lost uh, in the military uh, because of that, at a time when we're having the worst recruitment efforts that we've ever had. And, you know, it doesn't help when you're trying to mandate things. Fortunately, they have come to their senses on that one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But you, you still have all these colleges and universities that are imposing these mandates on students, as if they don't have the ability to make an intelligent decision if you equip them with adequate knowledge either.
1: And Dr. Carson, even the people, the, the our our military, uh, our military personnel, even those who didn't leave the military, who were opposed to it, but didn't leave the military. Well, they, many of them probably have a real bad taste in their mouth because they feel coerced into doing something that they didn't feel they needed or benefited from, and there's you know there's a moral injury with that that kind of coercion. I mean, it's, it's really bad. Well, we will be right back in a
0: minute with our fascinating guests and uh, talk a little bit more about what's going on in the region of changing little girls into little boys and vice versa. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. And we're back with Dr. Joseph Ladapo, the Surgeon General of the State of Florida. You know, there's a reason that everybody's coming to Florida. It's because uh, there are a lot of good policymakers there, including in our health. uh, And there are a thousand people actually moving to Florida every day. It really is quite fascinating. People are voting with their feet, but uh, one of the things that uh, is very troubling, across the entire nation, is and, and many people in the medical profession are taking place, are taking part in this, is changing the sex, or at least the sexual characteristics of children because they think that they're in the wrong body, and that sometimes includes uh, Giving them injections, doing surgery, man, manipulating their body parts, uh, amputating things, building things up. What do you think is the end of this? Are, are, are we inexorably moving down that pathway? Or are we going to look back in a few years and say, wow, well, <laughs> we temporarily lost our minds?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think some of that look back has already started. Fortunately, I think so, Doctor Carson. It's it's just it's just another farce. Be people who support these hormone blockers, I mean, they're all experimental. It's all experimental. Mm-hmm. These experimental hormone blockers and sex change operations for for children. They like to pretend that there's this big consensus and it's similar to how people, the same, you know, often the same political party p- pretended there was this big consensus around the masks in, in, during the pandemic and around the need for the kids to be, to be vaccinated mm-hmm. and uh, for COVID-19. It's, it's a big stinking lie. The mm-hmm. data just are not uh they they are not supportive in terms of high quality data it just it's basically mostly non-existent the uncertainties are in ways profound you know what are the effects on long-term reproductive potential what is the risk of sterility you know what's the improvement in mental health um it's just using using analyses that aren't biased there's so much uncertainty. I think that people, which one of the things I'm happy that we're doing in Florida is being very forthright about with common sense in this area. And I think it's giving some some cover or an ally to other people who don't agree with it, but don't feel that they can say anything because, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics says that this is right. the right thing. I mean
0: these are sophisticated people who understand ramifications long term I it just boggles my mind
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I I agree I agree um it is I mean all I can think is that I know that people often and I and I appreciate that you're not one of these people but um unfortunately a lot of our colleagues who who politically you know have whatever their own political you know, sort of a lefter lefter political persuasion they it's really got its claws dug into them i mean they really just can't see straight and they just right. can't separate their scientific thoughts from their political whim, whims or or preferences and so then they say crazy stuff like what we're seeing now that that's not experimental to be Putting, taking away the breasts of of children, of girls, or or putting boys on a hormone blocker before puberty.
0: And, yeah, well, you know, those who are observant have always known that children are curious. And, uh, you know, they're always exploring things. But because a little girl puts on her dad's tube belt and climbs a tree, it doesn't mean she wants to be a little boy. <laughs> because a little boy is curious about his mother's high heels and he says, I want to look, I want to walk in these and see what it feels." doesn't mean he wants to be a little girl. And uh, I mean, these people are really sort of not looking at the long-term data about what happens when you do these transitions, the high suicide rates, the depression, the anxiety, all these things that are going on. Um, you know, let, people mature. There's a reason that people have parents. It's because they're not mature. The brain doesn't mature until middle to late 20s. So why would you be making those kinds of decisions? It makes very little sense. It's really kind of like child abuse, to be honest with you. And I I hope that we are coming to our senses. I, I, I do see more people talking in a little more logical way about having boys participate in girls sports and things of that nature um, so I think there may be some hope for us but as they say it's always dark it's before the dawn and uh, sometimes it has to get pretty dark before people can see the light I, I, th- I think we're just about there but do you think we're dealing with with culture wars or is it is it more than that what's what's going on in our society what? what why is it that people don't even recognize America? I was talking to a Hungarian national a couple of nights ago. He said he came here a couple of decades ago because America was the beacon of sanity. And it was it was a place where you wanted to be and you wanted to bring your. for, he said, I don't even recognize it anymore. That's what he said.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you've heard Dr. Carson, people talk about the pandemic as being a spiritual war and I, I i think that 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 is what's going on i think that there really is a there's a battle right now for the spirit of the nation you know is it going to be tech monopolies and government dictating what people should or shouldn't do and what they should or shouldn't put in their bodies, and and when they can come out of their homes, and when they have to close their businesses, and and all that, and what they have to, and whether they have to put something on their face, whether they like it or not, mm-hmm. you know, it's a battle between that and 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 people who who believe in the in the spirit in humanity. In that, that's the most important. That's the, that humanity is the most important thing to preserve and protect. And, um, and, you know, what comes from humanity? Well, all the natural good stuff, like, you know, love between in a family and the care of children and the recognition that children are children and not adults. Mm-hmm. And of course, a love and appreciation for freedom and a, and a respect for people's preferences. So it, it is, uh, I, I think it's a, it is a battle for the, for the, for the, for the soul, for the spirit of the nation. And I do think we will, I think we'll, we'll prevail. And I'm, and many of us are, are in the, in this battle. and I, I really do think we will prevail.
0: Okay. Well, it has been absolutely fascinating talking to you and, uh, you know, Please continue to be a beacon of light and courage for everyone, a tremendous role model, and hopefully someone that other states will look to uh, for some guidance when it comes to common sense. Thank you for being with us.
1: Hey, thanks, Dr. Carson. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Merry to you, Christmas, Charlie, to Dr. Carson.
0: Thank you. And that was a fascinating uh, session with uh, Dr. Padapo. Honest and fascinating talk about public health policy in the state of Florida. It takes a courageous and an honest person to do what he's been doing, and we're very grateful to see that kind of leadership. You know, uh, medicine in this country is spectacular, and uh, but it does not get there by everybody thinking the same way. There has to be discussion. Sometimes there has to be disagreement. Sometimes there has to be controversy. It's, it it may be irritating to some, but it's sort of like the irritant in an oyster that produces a pearl. And, uh, you know, suppressing those who don't agree with the main establishment is not beneficial for progress. And uh, we must keep that in mind. In a country that's as diverse as ours, the my way or the highway theory just doesn't work. And we've got to learn how to be able to have discussions, to do some give and take, and to be able to move forward. And uh, for your assignment, for your prescription for this week, I want you to think about that as the holiday season is up on us. And when you sit down at uh, the dinner table on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, instead of bringing up political issues that are divisive, think about the things that you're thankful for, things that we like about each other, the things that we agree upon. Let's not let political acrimony destroy this most beautiful time of the season. And that's it for this week. And I hope you will make sure that you listen to all of our podcasts, Spotify, Apple, anywhere that you go to get your podcasts. They're there. Make sure that you rate us, tell your neighbors and friends and family about us. And remember the cornerstone principles, faith, liberty, community, and life. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.